Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 208 of the podcast that was originally recorded on July 5th of 2018. This week we talked to Chris Butterfield. He is from Board Game Booster Box. And they actually sell mystery boxes containing board and card games from a variety of publishers. And each box is going to contain three or four games inside of it. But you never know what you're going to get. Crazy concept, really cool idea. We saw them at Origins. Had to get them on the show. Hopefully you enjoy the episode. everyone this is joe from what i'm playing now and we are back with another interview here at the podcast i have chris butterfield he is from boardgameboosterbox.com we met at origins chris how are you doing this evening i'm excellent how are you doing i am doing quite well now i was actually going through your website um, a little earlier today and i was looking at a bunch of the videos of people opening up all the boxes at origins and Every box has to be like Christmas when you see somebody opening it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for, for me, um, you know, it's a lot of fun seeing what's in the boxes, you know, being involved in the process of creating them. Obviously, I know, generally speaking, what's in them, but I don't know what's in any particular box, all the different okay. configurations of games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it really is uh, exciting. You know, we we probably did at least 100 unboxing videos um, at Origins, and, you know, not all of them. Uh, made it to to our YouTube and to our social media, but um, yeah, there's a lot of really great stuff in there, and and you know, I, I look forward to every single box that uh, that pops open. It was kind of funny because I was going through the videos and like about video five or six in, because they're all only about thirty forty five seconds long or so, yeah. and one of my friends was standing there opening up a box. It was one of the guys that I actually um, worked with. I did some streaming with um, here for Cleveland Concoction. They're a local convention here um, in the Cleveland area. And I saw Tony standing there and he was opening a box. I was like, I, I'm going to need to ping him later and be like, dude, that was hilarious. I was just watching you on, <laughs> on YouTube because I, I had seen him at the show, but I didn't know he picked up a box because uh, we'd only talked for just a few minutes there because I was so busy doing a ton of interviews at the show. But, um, how long have you guys been around doing the board game booster boxes? Uh, so the board game booster box came to be, it was, uh, I think, January of 2017. Okay. Um, I personally actually hadn't started with the company yet. Uh, I started in April and, um, you know, we basically had, had run a, a test at PAX East to see, you know, what kind of interest there was and, and apparently it went really well. So um, that's been a big part of what I do since I started, uh, uh, you know, working for, um, Tabletop Tycoon is the parent company. And, okay. um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I've just put like a lot of hard work into making sure that the uh, boxes have really great games in them and that, you know, all the, or most of, if not all the customers that buy them are happy, um, with what they get inside. Yeah. I mean, from what I saw in the YouTube videos, I mean, like you, you said, you guys probably have hundreds of them and I only watched, you know, a small handful of them, but everybody seemed really stoked when they were opening them. And, you know, it seems like everyone is Christmas. There's usually a couple of smaller games and then usually maybe a medium sized game. And then, you know, it looked like a larger size game. And it's like, who who came up with the idea to actually start this board game booster box? I mean, that's it's it's a crazy idea. But <laughs> it, it works. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so the I believe the person who uh, originally came up with the idea was the CEO of the company, Dan. Um, you know, we, we basically had this giant warehouse full of board games. Uh, you know, we do shipping for um, a lot of uh, publishers. And so, you know, we had this war, uh, this warehouse just packed full of board games and, and we kind of 
um, as far as I know, they basically ask themselves, like, what can we do with all these games? I mean, you know, we we um, we fulfill orders for the clients like separate sales, but there are just so many of them. Uh, wouldn't it be great if we could somehow get more of them out into the hands of gamers? Um, and so that's kind of how how the conversation got started. And then it turned into this, you know, blind box with, um, you know, uh, the selection that they had at the time. And and after seeing the response at PAX East, I mean, you know, it just kind of exploded. And since then, we've we've gotten, you know, dozens of publishers, um, hundreds of different titles. So, uh, you know, we've we've definitely got a lot of really great games in there. Um, it's changed a lot since we first started, you know, part of what I've done since I've been here is really, you know, push to increase the quality of the boxes, increase the value. Um, it's always based on MSRP value when we say, you know, on average over $120 per box. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of been a, a big driving point for me is just to make sure that we get better every time we take in the customer feedback, um, at the conventions and from online sales and social media. Um, and you know, I, I think since the idea first came about, um, it's really developed into something super cool. Oh, definitely. I mean, when my wife and I were walking by, when we were at origins, we were like, what are all these white boxes? And we're like board game booster box. And you know, the one girl started telling us and we were like, okay, this is, this is probably something I need to do an interview with because that's actually a pretty kick-ass idea. (laughs) And and, and that's go ahead. Go ahead going to say that's how it starts. You know, everybody, uh, we hit this point in the convention after the first, you know, first day, maybe halfway into the second day where all of a sudden people are coming up going, I've been seeing everybody walking around with these white boxes, like what's in the box. I got to know. And and so I think just something about this, like really, um, discreet looking white box with, with a black print on it. And it just kind of really, you know, it's discreet, but it pops out. There's nothing else there like it. You know, there's no board games with just like a white box, you know? So yeah, definitely. um, It's, it's almost like it's, self-promoting i mean yeah, exactly. you know when you see people walking around with them because and and we saw plenty of people walking around with them i mean was, as because we stayed right at the hyatt so as we're walking back and forth you know to go back to our room it was just like oh there's another boarding booster box hey look that guy has a box you know and you almost want to stop people and say well what did you get because i mean some of the stuff that these people are getting in there you know like you said you know up to 120 you know some of the games are like 80 to 100 dollar board games that are in there which is kind of amazing because you're only selling the boxes for 50 bucks. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really all about like averages, you know, not every single box is going to have, um, a hundred dollar game in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, at origins, I saw some, somebody get, um, settlers of Catan, which is a, you know, obviously everybody knows settlers of Catan, but it's a pretty uh, reasonably priced game. Um, I, I think I saw somebody get, um, Massive Darkness, you know, that's like an $80 game. I saw uh, that. Somebody got a Zombicide. Oh, yeah. Yep. Zombicide. Um, the uh, season one, I think. So, yeah. Yep. Oh, you are going to you are going to get a lot of, um, you know, high ticket games, uh, you know, um, games that everybody's heard of, mainstream games, things like that. Uh, but a lot of what you're going to get in there are games that you've never heard of uh, from publishers that you've never heard of. One of the things that I, I love about the box uh, the most is. You know, we're, we're helping independent publishers that have a hard time getting their name out there. Um, we, we help get their games into the hands of gamers. I mean, you know, there's thousands of games that come out every year. Um, how do you how do you choose, you know, which which game is the right one for you? I, unless you just kind of dive right in and, and just start playing them. Um, but when you're at a place like a convention, you know, I, I feel like it's sensory overload. Sometimes you just have so many game demos going on. Um, you know, just so many things to look at. And so 
I think one of the cool things about the booster box is it buying decision out of it for you. It's like, look, there are there are games in this box. You're going to get three to four games. Um, the MSRP average value of any box is going to be over $120. Uh, so really, you know, you're, you're some people call it a gamble, but you're definitely getting your money's worth. Uh, you're getting games that you've probably never played before. Um, so it's it's definitely an interesting experience for customers. And uh, it does help, you know, get the name of these independent publishers out there because now this person who gets their game in their box might want to go out and buy the expansions um, or check out, you know, other games from that publisher. So, you know, it's kind of trying to create this virtuous cycle um, uh, out to uh, customers and, and driving those customers you know, to the other games of the publishers. Yeah. So now in, in talking about opening up the boxes, you're, you, you mentioned like it's a gamble. Have you guys ever been approached from a gambling aspect that that's what this is at all? Uh, no, we, um, okay. we have never been approached by anything like that. I mean, you know, some people say it's gambling because it's averages and you don't know what you're getting. Um, but I wouldn't really equate it to the to the same thing as gambling. I would equate it more to like opening up a Magic the Gathering booster pack, right, right. or something like that. You know, um, and if and if someone wants to call that gambling, uh, you know, <laughs> um, they can. But I, I think the majority of the gaming community would probably disagree. Um, so, how do you guys decide what actually comes in a box? I mean, if you guys have a warehouse full of games. And is, do you guys have like some stuff computerized? Like, you know, there's like a computer program that's saying, you know, take this game, this game, this game from this shelf and throw it in a box or are people just randomly grabbing games. I mean, it is, how, how do you figure out what goes in it? <laughs> well, the, the, um, the process starts with, uh, people, um, you know, eventually when it gets to the point where we need to create some randomization, um, as random as possible, you know, we do use question uh, of it, but in terms of deciding what actually goes in the boxes, that's primarily my uh, job. Um, and you know, a couple other people in the company also reach out to uh, some of our clients to see if they want to, you know, get games in the box. Um, at this point, we've started reaching out to publishers that we don't already work with. Uh, we've, we, you know, we get games through distribution, through wholesale. Um, <clears throat> so it's really just uh, making sure that we're getting games that are, you know, interesting. Um, games that people have never heard of, but then also trying to balance it with, with games that, you know, when you open the box and you see that game, you're like, wow, I was not expecting to get, uh, I think at Gen Con last year, somebody got, um, Dark Souls, the board game that wow. itself is $120. Oh yeah. Easily, um, easily. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have that, I have that game downstairs. I know it hurt my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, the customer feedback also is an important part. Um, you know, if, if we get a lot of feedback from people like, Hey, uh, you know, I was expecting to get more out of these things. Um, then I kind of take it upon myself to make sure that when we do the next batch, uh, I, I get the best games that I can possibly get. Um, again, not every box is going to have that, you know, massive darkness or dark souls. Right. Um, but it's really, I think the biggest part is just finding the balance um, and making sure that we're, you know, meeting the standards that we tell people we're, we're living up to. No. And I think it's a great idea with, um, you know, some of the independent publishers and stuff like that, because like you said, I mean, there's so many games released on a yearly basis. You know, I know on our podcast and, you know, and, I, and what we do for the YouTube channel, you know, we try to cover just a wide variety of games. I mean, when I talk about games on the podcast, I don't necessarily talk about latest and greatest. I talk about games that are 
10 plus years old because I go down to my local game store and whatever people are bringing, I play and I talk about what I'm playing now. So if I played an old game, I talk about it. You know, even if it's already been talked to death and it's old, but there's there's still so many good games out there, but there's still so many hidden gems out there because you can't play everything. There's right. there's just way too many in the industry right now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. Uh, so. Yeah, and and um, you know what I see with, uh, we, we actually have a regular retail store as well. We have a retail website um, that where we just sell games and not board game booster boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what I see with our most loyal customers, our, our biggest buyers, is that they... Uh, you know, they love these games. They, they look cool. The art's cool. They're mechanics that they love and they just like load up on them, but then they end up hoarding these games that they just never end up getting to the table. Um, you know, I, no, nobody does they, that. They get this like wall of shame <laughs> of, uh, of, uh, board games still in the, in the wrapping. So, um, I have one still in the wrapping. I swear, just one. <laughs> that's really good. And those are, I think those are pretty good numbers. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it is hard. And for me, like I'm a video gamer. Um, right. I, I, before I started do this job, my extent of board gaming was like Monopoly and the game of life. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, I, I played some risk, um, Stratego, stuff like that. So, you know, I, I, even to now, like I'm still not super huge into board gaming. I'm definitely trying my best. Um, <laughs> but for somebody like me where I have no idea what I want to play, I know what themes I like, you know, I like yeah. sci-fi stuff. I like fantasy themed stuff. Um, and I have a little bit of an idea of what mechanics I like, but, uh, you know, a mystery box would be great for somebody like me because it's, it's the perfect way to check out what's actually out there. Um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the games that you see <clears throat> are games from big name publishers. You see a lot of Asmodee titles, you see a lot of Simon titles. Um, and so it, it kind of becomes this like wall that, that sort of shadows, uh, you know, the, the smaller publishers and. Um, so we're kind of helping, helping bring those guys to the light. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of really underappreciated games out there. They're awesome games. They're just something that, you know, they're, because there's so many games, you might just walk right by it in the store, um, with the board game booster box. Uh, you know, you're going to, you're hopefully going to play the games that you get in the box if you're spending the money on it. And, you know, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but it's great for, for, um, you know, seasoned uh, veteran gamers as well because you are going to get um, really heavy euro style games uh you're going to get heavily thematic games um you know the things like ticket to ride in Catan, we really kept to a minimal mm-hmm. um even though they are great games and they're a lot of fun uh, we really try to put stuff in there that's that's going to jump out at people when they right. you know when they open the box so now you mentioned a couple of themes have you guys ever thought about maybe like a premium box where you're actually theming them, maybe like a sci-fi themed box or a fantasy themed box or like, um, you know, a mystery box or something like that. And maybe charging a little bit more for it, but there's totally thematic games in the box, not just completely random. So we've kind of been playing around with a few ideas like that. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what we may do in the future, but one of the big ideas that we've been tossing around is the family box. Um, Because, you know, especially like the last day of, of conventions, um, a lot of the time is family day. I know at Gen Con mm-hmm. uh, and I think Origins, too, it's family day. Um, and families love buying the board game booster box as well. But, you know, not every game in there is going to be appropriate for your children. Um, you could right. get like Blood Rage and Fallout <laughs> and, you know, Dark Souls, the board game. So, 
Um, we've been ah, thinking the kids about will be doing... fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> they'll get it. Um, so we, we've been thinking about that. And then the other idea, the, the family box would be sort of like the lesser expensive box. And then on the other end, uh, the more expensive, more valuable box, we were thinking about doing an XL box. Okay. Um, and, and sort of what spawned that idea is literally just games that will not fit in the board game booster box. <laughs> Um, so now is each board game booster box that is, are the boxes all the same size or are they cut to maybe fit the games that go in there? So originally it was all the same size box. Okay. Um, but as we, as we started, uh, started to sort of beef up our inventory and beef up our quality and make sure that, you know, really awesome games are getting in there. Um, you know, you end up with a lot of bigger games, um, and, so certain configurations of games, even though, you know, you'd think they would all fit in, in the box, they kind of, you know, one might stick out like an extra inch. So, right. you know, we, we had to start making a larger size box, which I think is about two inches taller um, to accommodate, you know, I think, I think maybe like 20% of all boxes are the larger size. And some people think, oh, it's a bigger box. It must mean, uh, you know, it's, it's more value or something like that. I mean, it's really not. It's just that the chances are there are bigger games in there. Uh, bigger doesn't always mean more valuable. Right. Um, or it's just a configuration of games that just won't fit exactly right. So Now, when people come up to the booth at Origins, do people actually say, I want to actually feel the box and like lift the box and, and try to see what boxes may be a little heavier, heavier than the other? Do people get that or do you just hand them a box? Uh, so we actually really love inviting people into the booth and um, digging into the pile. We we stack this giant <laughs> block of board game booster boxes. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a large part of the fun is is coming in. Um, some people just grab one off the top. Some people will literally dig down all the way to the middle. Um, oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we always tell people, hey, as long as you're the one that puts it back together, I don't care how, di- <laughs> how far you dig in there. Uh, but, yeah, people like to shake them, feel how heavy they are. Um that way rather than me just handing you a box uh you know so uh we, we like to try to make it as fun of an experience at conventions as possible mm-hmm. also have like a little opening station so if you want you can open your box right there um check out what's in it we'll do the unboxing videos you know we really try to engage people as much as possible because uh, it's just a fun idea and so we try to make it uh we try to you know create fun um with that idea so uh, I think just like the tactile sort of sensation of picking them up is is a huge part of that. Oh, definitely. And the opening and seeing other people watch it, you know, somebody opens it up and they see like, oh, that dude just got a Dark Souls in there. I need to get one of these for $50 because I too could get a Dark Souls in there or something comparable. You know, it's like it's it just creates a fervor and, you know, like it's just it could just spread you know, to where people ju- people see a couple of people doing it and then you just get a line of people who are like, OK, I want to see what I can get in this thing. Yeah, totally. And, and we see that at every convention we go to. Um, it does vary from convention to convention, but at PAX East, for example, like within the first few hours of the first day, uh, the momentum built up really fast. And we actually ended up selling out by 11 a.m. on Saturday. So we didn't wow. even weekend. Um Packs unplugged. Like at first, it was a little bit slow. It was the inaugural show. I don't know if people were really expecting to see us there. Um, but after the first day, I mean, it just you get this snowball effect where uh, Saturday and Sunday we sold out within the first fifteen minutes. Wow. Um, very long, you know. Like like we mentioned earlier, once people see the white boxes walking around everywhere, they'll see them on top of the trash cans. People carrying <laughs> them. Um, you know, eventually, like 
lunch. I'll go outside and there'll be people standing in line at the food trucks holding them. I mean, they're just, they literally get everywhere. Um, so that's kind of fun too, to kind of see them get dispersed throughout the crowd and, and see uh, what kind of effect that has. And, and as, as we've seen in our experience, it, it has a huge effect. Now, have you ever seen people who are opening them up at your booth and then they start trading games between people? I have seen that. Yep. I've seen people hang around to see what other people get and trade them. Um, actually, the one of the people that got Dark Souls at Gen Con last year traded it to somebody for, um, I think they just sold it to him for 60 bucks and then they oh, bought wow. another board game booster box. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, awesome. So. That's uh, that, There you go. That's <laughs> awesome. That's thinking outside um, yeah. the box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and we do want to encourage people to um, try the games. Like, I know sometimes when people get a game they've never heard of, um, uh, you know, they, they might be like, oh, well, maybe I'm not going to like this, so I want to trade it for something else. But we really mm-hmm. try to encourage people to, to try the games out, see how you like them. You can always trade them after they've been opened. Oh, definitely, um, definitely, yeah. But, you know, it's I, I think it really is great to try things that you would never expect uh, that you would play. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just a it's a great it's a great game learning experience. So um, although trading is a lot of fun and we do see it, I definitely I would like to see people play the games more before they decide to trade them away. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because like you had mentioned earlier with the indie, um, a lot of the indie, indie developer games, um, you know, some of the games that the, that were um, being shown in the videos I was watching earlier, I was like, okay, I've never even heard of a couple of these games. And I thought I knew a lot of games. And there were some games that people are I'm like, okay, I've never heard about that one. I've never heard that one before. That one looks interesting. <laughs> and so it's... You know, and if somebody takes those games down to their local game store, you know, and plays it with their game group or whatever, it's that could be a way to introduce, you know, some of these lesser known games to people and get larger groups of people to know it. And then more people will possibly be playing that game in the long run, which is just good overall for the whole, you know, board game community in general. Yeah, exactly. And, and publishers love that, too. Um, you know, when the publishers that we work with, when they hear about uh, how well our sales do at conventions and how interested people are in these things, um, you know, they think about the, you know, the 50 games maybe that they, that they, uh, you know, contributed to go in there or however many um, and, and know like, Oh man, people are playing this. I know it's not just sitting on the shelf of a store um, or sitting in some distribution warehouse. There are people actually sitting down and, and playing my game and enjoying it. Um, the, from the consumer side, um, it's it, it's really great to bring them to game nights. Uh, one thing that we've seen a lot of people do is they kind of have like a mystery game night where you show up with a board game booster box. You, you haven't opened it yet. You open it up on the spot right there um, and then you play everything that's inside of it. I like that. Um, that's a good idea. That's yeah, a cool uh, idea. I, I actually saw some people doing that at Origins um, since they have all that all that game space there. Right. Um, yeah. So. So how many, uh, I was going to say how many board game boxes are you guys bringing to some of the different conventions? Like how many did you guys bring to origins this year? Um, so at origins, uh, we brought a few hundred. Um, I think we sold like five to 600. Um, wow. You know? Yeah. That's which, not, which that's, that's not bad. That's pretty good. No, it is. And I mean, it, <laughs> it all depends on the numbers. kind of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think what you see at a show like Origins and even a little bit with Gen Con is you got like a lot of heavier gamers who know exactly what they want. Right. And they're very skeptical of the idea of a board game booster box or just a booster box of anything in general. You know, a, a lot of those folks, uh, when I when I talk to them about it, they bring up things like Loot Crate. Um, and some people mm-hmm. even do bring up like things like Magic the Gathering. Like, yeah, you might get one rare card, but you're going to get a whole bunch of crap in there. And um, 
bit different because these are like full actual games. You're not getting stuff in there that's not playable or like. Right. Um, we're always going to get things that are ready to play right out of the box. Um, and, and I think, you know, oh, well, if you know exactly what you want, go spend your money on that. But a lot of people don't know exactly what they want. Not everybody is a, a heavy gamer that uh, knows every game mechanic out there and, and not everybody is super in tune to what they enjoy when it comes to gaming. Um, and a little bit of that skepticism PAX East, where it's not even about board games, it's about video games and right. other general media. Um, I think just because of the sheer size of it uh, and, and the fact that it's a little bit more generic than something like board gaming, you you get this much different crowd and the interest is is just incredible. I mean, it's twice what you see at a show like Origins. Oh, um, so it really depends on where you go. Yeah, my wife and I were at PAX East a couple of years ago and, you know, it was completely different than Origins or Gen Con. I mean, because one, because, you know, the biggest part of your show floor is all the video games. I mean, which was which was super cool. But um, when we went a couple of years ago, they did have a board game section, but it was much, much smaller. It was off in a side hall. It was there weren't a lot of publishers there at the time. You know, it was it was completely different feeling and everything. It was like, you mm-hmm. know, the board games were an afterthought, you know, and we picked up a couple of cool board games while we were there at the time, um, you know, and it was we kind of just went there because I just wanted to see a PAX East and she just went because it's okay, let's take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, PAX Unplugged is definitely something I'd, I'd like to go to, like we said earlier. Um, so do you guys, you guys sell it, sell the board game boxes at conventions. Do you guys ever sell them at um, maybe smaller, like get togethers? Like if um, friendly local game stores are having some sort of charity event, do you guys, can they, can they get you guys in there and then, um, you know, sell some boxes for the people, you know, it's, I don't know if they would be consider you guys competing with them or not, but do you guys sell this stuff to local game stores or do you guys just sell this through, you know, your website and through your stores? Uh, right now we are just doing direct only. Okay. Uh, so we sell online, we sell at conventions. Um, we do have a retail store, uh, where you can buy a board game booster box. It's located in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Okay. Um, we don't really sell to retailers, we've talked about before i'm not really sure if that's something that we would do i did get some interest um at origins about doing something like that uh but when it comes to like a charity event or something along those lines like we haven't done anything like that yet but i am all about that and would, and would love to do something like that so if somebody approached me about it you know if anybody out there had any any ideas urge people to reach out through the website um, and at least like have a conversation about it because that would be super cool. Um, you know, I, I believe we've donated a couple boxes um, to, uh, I, I forget exactly what it was, but I think to um, a gaming event to raise money um, okay. for somebody who is having medical problems or um, something like that. So definitely love to to do more of that though. Yeah. So when you were at Origins, I'm sure you were working the booth quite a bit. Did you get to play any new games or did you get to go around and actually check things out? And did you see anything cool at Origins or is it all just work for you? Uh, It's mostly work, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) you know, sometimes on like the tail end of my lunch break, I'll kind of scoot around the hall real quick and check out what's out there. Um, 
chance to play. Um, actually, no, I played a couple rounds of uh, Super Show by SRG Universe. Um, okay. So that's that's the wrestling well, like game, wrestling. right? Yeah, yeah. exactly, okay. exactly. So um, played a few rounds of that with them. I mostly just kind of checked out demos, did some live videos of them on Facebook. Um, but uh, a few of the things I checked out were uh, Big Trouble in Little China, which is coming okay. out soon. Mm-hmm. Epic. I also checked out Root, which I think is Leader Games. They also yep. do. They also do Vast. Vast. Yes, that's the yep. one I'm thinking of. Yeah. I right, Patrick. Um, so I Patrick, out some of those. Patrick Leader was my, the first interview I think I did on my podcast years ago. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. They they have um, they have some really cool board art. I think yes. More into video gaming than board gaming. One of the things that I, I can really appreciate about board games is the game art. So I kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know, focused a little bit on that at Origins and tried to um, looking games and the coolest looking meeples. Uh, I think Root has some has some pretty neat meeples. Do they they yes. have the little faces painted on them and like this little nefarious, you know, mischievous. <laughs> I don't know. It's really, it's really cute. So, yeah, I saw some cool stuff there. Yeah, it's it's interesting the way some of the games are using more than just wooden blocks for resources, everything's trying to, especially with Kickstarter, when you start getting into the Kickstarters that have the different, um, you know, stretch goals and everything, you know, like, well, we'll unlock, unlock this stretch goal. And instead of a wooden square, you're going to get, you know, like something that looks realistic, you know, realistic resources and everything. And it's, it's interesting how some of these games are going away from all this little wooden pieces to these really ornate, you know, art looking things in your board games. You know, like we were unboxing Feudum yesterday and some of the components in Feudum, I was just like, holy crap. You know, the monsters look outstanding in that game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. With, with Especially with Kickstarter, I think you see a lot of games where, because um, I think the, the Kickstarter board gaming crowd really love the stretch goals. Uh, they love the high quality components. Um, I think there's something to be said about unlocking goals, like whether you're playing a, a game or or doing a contest or whatever it is. Uh, it just kind of makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, and I think people on Kickstarter have kind of grown to expect that now um, from companies, uh, from from publishers out there. Um, I know some of the feedback that I've seen on various Kickstarters is um, these minis and the quality of these resources. So it is definitely something people look for. Um, I'm not sure if I personally... Uh, sway one way or the other, whether it's wooden older components or you know little cardboard chits, or whether I'm pl- playing with like real gaming coins or something. Um, <laughs> definitely adds to the experience, and so I think a lot of people are just into that. Rising Sun, for example, where like yes. you know you get these gigantic miniatures, and there's all this really cool extra stuff that comes with it. But it, but it's just like video games, because I, I I've been playing video games my whole life, and you know it's. When I started this podcast, it was all video games. Um, and then probably over the course of the past five years, it was like, okay, video games. And then like around episode 30 or 40, we started adding in board games. Then it slowly like, now we're all board games. And I don't even talk about video games anymore because I still play them. <laughs> but there's so many video games people out, you know, video game people out there. And I was trying to talk about both genre of games, you know, both video and board games. It was just, it just, I just felt like it was just too much. I couldn't 
focus enough on one. So I was like, let's focus on board games since that seems to be where all my money is going into now. I seem to spend <laughs> way more money on board games than I am on video yeah. games now. I mean, so, you know, my wife is like, okay, you just took one thing expense and just moved the money over to another thing. I'm like, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> Except the video games, I don't think take up as much space because we have very, very, I have two very large shelving units uh, filled with board games. Whereas most of the video games, you either just I either just download now, so we don't even see a case for it, or yeah. you know we throw it we throw in a case um, under the bed, in a couple boxes. <laughs> yeah, it's they're uh, they're definitely a little bit more um, you know space efficient. Um, although you know with board games, um, having that that thing to hold, like when yes. when you're like holding a video game disc, it doesn't do any justice, you know, to the video game. You have to like. <laughs> And, and I know just like looking at or holding a board game doesn't necessarily give the gameplay any justice, but um, there's something about like a heavy metal coin or like a solid plastic, you know, uh, or that versus, you know, these little punch out cardboard pieces that are like light and flimsy. And, you know, I, I think uh, even though it does take up more space, uh, I, I think like putting your trophies on display, you know what yes. I mean? Like, look at all this really cool stuff that I have. Um, maybe do with like collectible video games. Um, you know, I think almost every board game in a way is like a collectible. So it's, it's, you know, I think it's a little bit, when you look at this wall of, of, of games, um, I think it's something to be a little bit more proud of, I guess, than having a wall of video games, if that makes sense. Yep. I could, I could see that. Cause I mean, most of my library nowadays is on steam. So besides besides the few games I purchase nowadays for the PlayStation Four, it's even on the PlayStation Four, most of the stuff we're buying is digitally. I'm, it's it's just easier. It's just easy, you know. Yeah. You know, with hard drive size, you just say, you know, like in your PC. Okay, well, I I don't need to delete stuff. I'll just buy another hard drive, throw it in there, and just basically <laughs> extend where I'm downloading all my yeah. stuff to. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's, you know, it's easier to lose track of, like for me personally, I just can't stop throwing money at steam. Um, and, <laughs> and it's a lot easier to forget, especially with, the Oh, sales. I know the summer sale going on right now is just crazy. It's, We've been talking uh, about that at work. Some of the guys I walked down the hallway, <laughs> some one guy looked at me, how much you spend so far? I'm like, I haven't bought shit. I'm trying to not buy any, any video games <laughs> right now. I, cause I've spent way too much on board games. <laughs> yeah. And, and like with the board games, you have this physical reminder, like, Oh man, I should probably stop spending so much money. But with video games, it's just so easy to, to just click a couple buttons and you're $50 poorer. So, <laughs> so, what other shows are you guys going to be at this year? You guys were at Origin so far. I'm sure you guys are going to Gen Con. You've mentioned PAX Unplugged. Where else are you guys going to be? I saw a whole list on your website, and I could probably put uh, it up. Yeah, so um, it here. the next convention coming up is Kineticon. Uh, this is a okay. first time for us going to that one. It's more of like a general media convention versus like a gaming convention. Um, so we're really excited to see how that turns out. Um, after that, you're correct. We have Gen Con. Uh, so we'll definitely be at Gen Con. PAX Unplugged, we are most likely going there. Um, I think PAX East at this point is pretty much a given, so you, you, uh, you can almost definitely expect to see us at PAX East 2019, but we haven't you know, solidified that yet. But, uh, you know, for any folks in uh, New England, you know, definitely if you have a chance to check out Kineticon, um, swing by the Board Game Booster Box booth. I know for people in New England, Gen Con is kind of like this faraway, distant land. Um, 
But, uh, you know, if you make it out to Gen Con or for any of the local folks out there, uh, definitely come find us. It won't be too hard once you see all the boxes floating around everywhere. It is um, very easy so. to spot you guys at a convention. <laughs> yes. And that, that's one of the, that is one of the few things I like about where I live because we live about um, 30 minutes west of Cleveland in Ohio. So, you know, I'm a couple hours away from Columbus and I'm about mm-hmm. five hours away from, in, you know, Indianapolis. So it's I can kind of hit both if I want to. Oh, that's very convenient. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize uh, how much um, how much like gaming action happens in the Midwest, I guess. I don't know yes. if gaming action is the right thing to call it. But uh, going to Gen Con, that was actually my first convention ever. Um, and it was the 50th anniversary one that they oh, just wow. did in 2017. So, yeah, okay. it was just like mind blowing uh, <laughs> seeing like I, you know, going from like Monopoly in life, having never heard of <laughs> Catan even or Ticket to Ride. Like, it's just like <laughs> it's overwhelming. That's crazy. So how did you actually get involved then with Board Game Booster Box? If you've actually, if you're not really, you know, into the board games as much as, you know, everybody who's buying your stuff, how did you actually get hooked up with those guys and actually start working there? Uh, So I actually have a friend who was working for the company already. um, And they posted something on Facebook. Um, I, at the time, was looking for work. Uh, It's funny because when I first started with the company, I was working in the shipping division, um, working with clients, you know, absolutely nothing to do with retail, nothing to do with the board game booster box. Um, but after a couple months of, uh, you know, seeing things to see my skill set, you know, they kind of realized, hey, I think this guy would be much better at, um, you know, doing this board game booster box thing and handling all this retail stuff. That's when I took that over and, you know, not really feeling one way or the other about board games, at, at least at the time. Uh, I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, man, like I'll do whatever you guys need me to do. So, um, but then once we really started doing the board game booster box, like board gamer, I, I think it's just really cool. So I, yeah. I, I've enjoyed it so far. All right. So on the show, I always have to ask people what they're playing now. Now I know you mentioned you haven't played a lot of board games, but we could talk video games. What have you been playing video game wise? Or if you have been playing board games, we could talk board games as well. Yeah, sure. Um, So as far as video games go right now, actually, I've I've got it paused in the background. Um, Uh I've been playing Final Fantasy 15, finally getting around to that. All right. Um, So I've been enjoying that so far. Um, I'm not really big into open world games. I know that's like the thing right now, open world sandbox games. You get to a point where there's just too much to do. So it kind of takes away from the fun for me anyways. Um, but I think, I don't think Final Fantasy 15 has crossed that threshold for me yet. Other one that I've been playing a lot of is, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Total War series by Sega. They have Mm -hmm. like Total War Shogun 2 is the one that I've been doing. Um, probably one of the best games I've ever played. I'm really big into strategy games, you know, original Warcraft, Starcraft, uh, those kinds of things. Um, Command and Conquer. Yeah. You know, Sid Meier's, uh, games, so... Um, this this game just really scratches like all itches. It's got the real time strategy. It's got the grand uh, turn based strategy. Um, so I've been playing a whole lot of that. And, and basically, like you watch these battle replays, it's like watching a movie of like a historical battle. But yeah, that, that's that's pretty cool. I, that's uh, I think that's all I have going on right now. I have been kind of off and on Stardew Valley a lot. I haven't played that one, but I've heard a lot about it on some of the different podcasts I listen to, some of the video game podcasts. Yeah, I mean, it basically takes everything that was awesome about the original Harvest Moon right. uh, and and just, you know, makes it 15 times better. Really great game. You know, I'm into like resource management and building games and that sort of stuff, yep. you know, strategy. And that's that's so. a perfect game for that from what I've heard. 
It's it's actually on my Steam wish list. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a, well, hey, it's probably on sale right now, so you know, if, uh... <laughs> it's probably one of the forty or fifty games on my Steam wish list right now. <laughs> uh, it's too much. Too that's, much. Yeah, I think one of the last things, one of the last games I picked up is a sandbox game, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, it's kind of like okay, one of the that RPGs. sounds vaguely familiar. It, it's kind of like a role playing game. You're basically going around and trying to avenge your parents who were you know, killed at the beginning of the story. Um, combat in the game is rather unique. Uh, it's definitely not arcade-like at all. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really different, actually. Um, it's actually e- not easy either. Uh, but it's the graphics on it are actually very good. I have, I have a nice computer to play games on, so I like when games are, have a lot of eye candy to them. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I mean, with, with the power of graphics cards nowadays, it's just like mind blowing. You know, I'm playing, like I mentioned, Final Fantasy 15 and the yeah. scenery is just totally gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm a big eye candy person when it comes to uh, when it comes to video games and even to a certain degree board games, because, again, not being familiar enough with all the different games and mechanics the the thing that draws me to a game is the art which probably isn't the best thing in the world but yeah. you got to start somewhere so yeah and it's it, and it's just like video games sometimes you know the things that look the best aren't necessarily always the greatest there's there are some gems out there that look horrible um you know one of the games that i played for the longest was um one of the massively multiplayer online games and it was a one that was super old um, you know, back from the, it started back in 99, Asheron's Call. And I played that until oh, okay. they, till they turned the servers off. And it wasn't the best game out there. It definitely wasn't the prettiest, but it was, it was my first. And it was just one that I like the mechanics in the game. I just like the way the game played. And if they would ever just re-release one with updated graphics, I'd be throwing money at that game and just be here, just take my money. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's no matter what MMO I play nowadays, it's like, uh, it's just, it's just not the same. They're all, they, they all, they're all just the same, just a little bit different in a little different way. No, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, and, and for a second there, I was really hoping you were going to say Ultima online. Uh, cause I, I used to play the crap out of that game. Um, so one of my good friends did too. And both of us actually are in shroud of the avatar now, which is the successor to Ultima online. Oh, wow. Okay, so I, I've been out of the loop a little bit. I finally canceled my account, I think, like a year ago. So, um, you know, that, that's that been an off and on game since, I think, uh, 2000 for me. Yep. So uh, I've, I've definitely missed a lot of stuff to check that out because it's still, to this day, one of my favorite games. Um, like, a lot of the mechanics you see in, in MMOs nowadays are, are online yes um, i think a lot of the time it doesn't really get the appreciation it deserves because it just looks like this really old crappy uh computer game from the 90s but it's <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> yeah it's and um shroud of the avatar actually just came out of early release or early access um a month or so ago so you can actually pick that up on steam now and it's actually in full release the interesting oh, the interesting thing that they did with it is because Lord British is part of it, stars in there. All the people who were part of Ultima Online are basically were involved in part of the storylines and everything like that. Um, but there's a multiplayer mode, but there's also a single player offline mode that you can just play oh, like an old Ultima game. Yeah. So it's it's actually really interesting. It's um, 
when I first got into the beta, I played the hell out of it. I mean, you know, it's the amount of hours I have into it are just completely disgusting. My buddy who actually played it probably 10 times as much as I have is even, he was the one who was really into Ultima online. Um, but it's, it's actually pretty good. So if you are, if you were an Ultima online fan, I would definitely say, check that one out. At least I think they actually have, um, where you can play it for free for a week and, and do like a test of the game. Oh, awesome. No, that's great. I'll definitely have to check that out because uh, for a l- I'm glad to hear that they're doing something new because for a little while there, it just kind of seemed like they were trying to milk it for for every last drop. I mean, yeah. the, the population in that game just and um, it makes you think sometimes like, are they do they make enough money to support these servers and keep making this game? So I'm really happy to hear that they're coming out with something new um, along those lines and kind of transitioning. Definitely, if they came out with like a, a new version of all. Ultima Online, I don't know if I would kind of hit my limit with that game. I don't know if I would go back into it, but right. um, I would definitely try something new. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why you're not seeing like a World of Warcraft 2 or some of these other games that have been popular over the years, why they're not releasing a second one. Because, I mean, to me, EverQuest, you know, was pretty big and EverQuest 2 was somewhat popular, but I just didn't care for EverQuest 2 that much. Yeah, I think with MMOs, uh, to a certain degree, it's almost like a fad thing. Like when yeah. the game comes out, um, you know, it gets a lot of hype. A lot of people play it. Some last way longer than others, for sure. Um, but I think every MMO kind of reaches a point where, you know, just people are moving on to the next thing. And, yep. um, it, you know, yeah. it was it was crazy to go to a game like Final Fantasy XIV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I played that for a little bit. And, I mean every city you go to, there's people there, you know, there's actual other players. You see people wandering around out in the wilderness. Like when you're playing Ultima online, I mean, you could be wandering around for yes. an hour and a half and not see a single person. Uh, so it was just so, it, it seems like, Oh, there must be like 50 million people playing this game. This is crazy. So. Yeah. I remember there was a time where every new MMO that came out, I was downloading and I was like, I got to play this. I got to try it. Now it's like, I read about it and I'm like, man, okay. I don't even want to play that one. Oh, that one's all PVP based. I don't even care about that now anymore. Yeah, it's it's. I was definitely addicted to those games for many many years. Yeah, yep, they're very addicting. But uh, you know, I, I think every game has a shelf life, at least for me, anyways. Um, everything gets stale after a while, so it's great to switch it up. Yeah, uh, which kind of you know tying back to the board game booster box. I mean, that's exactly what that does. You know, you, yeah, you kind of get it. It gives you multiple fresh games all at one time. I mean, so, and that's, I think it's, I think it's a great idea. You know, like I said, when my wife and I walked past, we were just like, wow, that's kind of cool. I want to talk to these guys. This seems kind of interesting. And hopefully you guys have a lot of success with this because um, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, You know, and people can check this out. uh, Boardgameboosterbox.com is the site. Uh, You can actually order one. It's 49 bucks. And then I think it was nine bucks shipping. Mm -hmm. Uh, yep, flat rate, $9 shipping anywhere in the continental U.S. Uh, we don't do international right now. Uh, definitely a possibility for the future. Um, but we're just you know trying to uh, keep it small and controlled right now because uh, it's it really it, it blows up so easily. We got to make sure that we yeah. have enough boxes for everybody who wants to buy one. So, um, <laughs> yeah, which, All right. Uh, I think that's it, Chris. Thank you very much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Like I said, good luck with Board Game Booster Box. Hopefully you guys have a lot of success in the upcoming convention you guys are going to and also that local one that you guys are going to. Hopefully that's a big success for you guys since that sounds like it's a new endeavor for you. 
yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate um, having me on today. And uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, for anybody who's interested in learning more about the Board Game Booster Box, definitely head to our website. Again, BoardGameBoosterBox.com. Um, if you, you can check us out on Facebook, Facebook.com slash BoardGameBoosterBox. Um, at Twitter, it's at uh, BGB Box because... Um, BGBB was already taken, unfortunately. That's what we call it <laughs> internally at the office is BGBB. Um, so, yeah, follow us on social media. Go to our YouTube. Check out our opening videos. We have tons of unboxing videos if you want to get an idea of what's in there. Uh, for any of you skeptics out there, go and look for yourselves. You'll see that there's a lot of really awesome games. And I'm going to warn everybody, when you're watching these openings, you're going to want to order a box immediately because you are going to get completely caught up in it. So it's <laughs> everybody get your credit cards ready when you go out there to watch the YouTube channel because it's going to be very easy to just want to get a box yourself. Because I was sitting there and I was like, I was watching five or six of them. I'm like, I want to demo. I want to open something up right now. I'm like, yeah, that looks kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's addicting. You know, you, you start watching and all of a sudden you've watched through all the I mean, I've, I've probably watched those unboxing videos at least twice all the way through just because it's so much fun. So. All right. That's cool. Chris, again, thank you for being on the show. Everybody else, we will be back next week with another show. But until then, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Well, hopefully everybody enjoyed that conversation that we had with Chris. It was great talking with him. Like I said, we had met them at Origins this past year, um, last month, basically. And I wanted to get somebody on the show from their um, company because I thought this board game booster box, I thought it was a really cool idea. Um, and watching some of the videos, like we said during our conversation, you can get some really, really interesting games. You can get games you've never heard of before. Games that, you know, you may not even see at your friendly local game store if they only get you know, the most popular games down there. Some of these are from indie designers, indie publishers. Uh, so, you know, it's a nice variety of games. It seems like each box is going to contain something really cool in it. Uh, so definitely check them out if you're going to any of the conventions that they may be um, hitting up and stop by the booth and see what they have and, you know, watch some people open up the boxes. But I will warn you, if you do watch people open up the boxes, you are going to get caught up in the hype and you're probably going to grab one yourself, which I'm sure Chris will enjoy. But other than that, everybody, hey, thanks for joining this week. As always, you can join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We do have a guild over there. That is guild number 2440. You can email us and let us know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're trying to grow those communities at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. Don't forget to search for us on Facebook. What I'm playing now you can search for. And our streams hopefully will also be hitting Facebook Live as we're trying a new streaming service, Restream.io, as we're trying to hit Facebook Twitch and YouTube with all of our live streams. So you can also subscribe to us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now, and also on YouTube at youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. But everybody knows what to go do. Go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Until next week, everybody, you have a great week gaming, and we will talk to you later. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.